0: Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin.
1: And I'm Kimberly Robinson.
0: This is your sneak peek for the last week of the December session, which starts December 9th. And this week, we're bringing you cases on immigration, Obamacare, the death penalty, and another appearance by popular demand from our star intern, Heather Saltz. Kimberly, you want to kick us off?
1: Sure. The first case that the justices are going to hear is Guillermo Laspiria versus Barr. And this is one of eight immigration cases that the court has agreed to hear this term, which is an unusually large number of immigration cases. Now, this case deals with what counts as a question of law for purposes of appellate review of immigration decisions. So here, Pedro Pablo Guillermo Laspiria was deported in 1998, and Ruben Ovales was deported in 2004. But they both claimed that a change in law could allow them to come back to the country. But the immigration courts found that both of the petitioners had waited too long to ask the courts to reconsider the new law. And they appealed to the Fifth Circuit, which said that it didn't even have jurisdiction to review the case. in particular, they pointed to a law prohibiting appellate courts from reviewing factual determinations of immigration decisions involving certain criminal aliens, uh, both of which um, these people count as. So the circuits are split on whether or not this question of equitable tolling that they want the Fifth Circuit to hear is a question of fact or a question of law, depending on which will decide if the Fifth Circuit can even hear it. Um, this is one of three cases, uh, those immigration cases that involve judicial review, whether or not Article 3 courts can even look at immigration decisions. And so how broadly or narrowly the court defines this question of fact versus law uh, could have implications beyond criminal aliens.
0: All right. So the second case on Monday is a patent case, Thrive Inc. against Click to Call Technologies LP.
1: Good Good summary.
0: You like that? Yeah. Okay. That's... Okay. That might be better than Tuesday. what I'm actually going to do, oh, okay. so it's safer for all of you do more. people all right. who actually know stuff about <laughs> patents, but let's let's give it a try. And the issue here is whether a federal law permits appeal of the Patent Trial and Appeal Board's decision to institute an inter parties review upon finding that another part of the law's time bar did not apply. So... Inter-parties review, that's a proceeding where patents are challenged in front of the board. And the federal law at issue here precludes instituting inter-parties review more than a year after the petitioner is served with a complaint alleging patent infringement. And so in this case, there was disagreement over whether that time bar applies. But the issue this case raises is whether a party can even appeal the patent office's decision to institute the inter review, or whether they're stuck with the board's decision. So this is a case that could definitely have an impact on patent litigation. And that's Monday.
1: And then Tuesday, uh, the court will kick off with what's really three consolidated cases um, that are going under the name Maine Community Health Options versus United States. And this is where health insurers are seeking Twelve billion dollars in Obamacare payments from the federal government, so uh, another Obamacare case for the Supreme Court. Uh, But what's at issue in this case is the ACA's so-called risk corridor program. Now, this was um, a program seeking to induce insurers to provide insurance um, at a costly price to people who were previously uninsurable, and for a limited time, the ACA said that the government would reimburse insurers if the cost of providing insurance to those people exceeded premiums. But on the flip side, it said that if premiums exceeded costs, that insurers would have to pay the federal government. Now, as things turned out, of course, um, it the costs were way in excess of premiums, um, $12 billion or so, and... Um, but in 2014, Congress refused to appropriate any money to pay for the $12 billion. So HHS was unable to reimburse the insurers, and now they have gone to the Supreme Court.
0: So that's the first case on Tuesday. The second one is, it's the second criminal case of this session that's really dealing with a pretty technical issue that's important for criminal law practitioners. And the question in this case, Holguin Hernandez against the United States, is whether a formal objection after pronouncement of sentence is necessary to invoke reasonableness review of the length of a defendant's sentence. So it's kind of a mouthful, but what happened in the case was this. The defendant was convicted in federal court in 2016 of possessing marijuana with intent to distribute, and he was sentenced to two years in prison followed by two years of post-release Uh, Supervision. And while he was on supervised release, he was arrested on marijuana charges again. He got a five year sentence on the new charge, plus another year to run consecutively for violating supervised release on the first charge. You got all that? So the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit rejected the defendant's argument that the consecutive year term was substantively unreasonable. Uh, But since Holguin failed to raise his challenge in the district court, The Fifth Circuit said his claim only warranted plain error review, Uh, but he wanted the appeals court to apply the reasonableness standard of review as other circuits have, which of course is more favorable to the defense than the plain error standard. And something interesting about this case is that the federal government agrees actually that the Fifth Circuit applied the wrong standard. So the Supreme Court appointed an amicus to argue that essentially abandoned position.
1: And an interesting note that Amicus is um, from Kirkland and Ellis, and earlier that day, Paul Clement, also from Kirkland and Ellis, will argue the health on behalf of the health insurers.
0: So Heather, what are we looking at on Wednesday?
2: On Wednesday, the Supreme Court could finally make a decision that will clarify the application of the Hague Convention, Civil Aspects of International Child Abduction in Monaski versus Tagliari. The Hague Convention's purpose is to return a child who's been wrongfully abducted from their habitual residence. This case focuses on determining a child's habitual residence, because if you can't determine that, then the Hague Convention is not applicable. And in this case, Michelle Monaschi, who's an American citizen, married an Italian citizen, Domenico Taglieri, he was having a tough time finding work here in the U.S., so they both relocated to Italy, and that's when his sexually abusive behavior started, and Monaschi became pregnant as a result. She stayed in Italy until the child was born, and shortly after the child was born, she got the child a passport, went back to the U.S., and the father then quickly filed a Hague Convention petition to return the child to Italy. The difficult part of this case is that when a child is removed at such a young age, the child is too young to acclimate to a particular country. So the question before the court is whether a subjective agreement between the parents is needed when a child is this young. And the second question is what standard of review should be applied since the courts are extremely, extremely divided on this.
1: Yeah, I think there was, what, like a three-way split? on. Yes. Yes. Fabulous three way splits are great, very fun.
0: The last argument of the session, um. McKinney against Arizona. So last term, the justices were quite divided when it came to the death penalty, we might all remember. And as we speak, the court is being asked to weigh in on the controversial issue of the Trump administration restarting federal executions. And the death penalty will be on the justices' minds again when they hear arguments in the last case of the session, McKinney against Arizona. And it presents sort of an odd question of whether courts need to apply old law or current law. And this is how that came about. Uh, James Aaron McKinney was convicted of multiple murders in 1993 the trial court sentenced him to death after weighing the aggravating and mitigating factors as you have to do in a death penalty case Uh, the court decided that the mitigating ones weren't enough to call for leniency. But more than 20 years later, the Ninth Circuit found that Arizona state courts were wrongly weighing these factors and that in McKinney's case, they were wrong not to consider his suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of his abusive childhood. But on further review last year, the Arizona top court ruled against McKinney again, applying the law as it was in the 1990s when he was initially tried rather than the law as it is today. And so the issue in front of the justices is what version of law the court should apply and arguing for mckinney uh, will be former obama acting solicitor general neil katyal who's gonna uh, take a break for the day from being one of the top uh, critics of president trump as the impeachment inquiry heats up so that'll be another one to watch
1: Great. So that's going to be it for our sneak peeks for 2019. Wow. Uh, we'll be back with a deep dive episode looking at the uh, December sitting once it's complete. And we'll have a special bonus episode for you all uh, as well.
0: Yeah, I'll forward to that one. All right. Well, until Bye. then, thanks for listening.
2: Hi there. I'm Amanda Icone, co-host of Talking Tax. Each week, we dig into the biggest tax and financial accounting challenges and opportunities from policy to on-the-ground realities. We bring you corporate leaders, accountants, and industry insiders. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. For more, check us out on news.bloombergtax.com.